Hey folks, before we get going with this week's episode that Casey and I broke down, uh, I just wanted to, to take a second and talk about something really quick uh, pertaining to winning time. And I talk about it a little bit at the end of the episode, but I thought I'd put something at the front here as well. Uh, this is a terrific show. Man, this is good stuff, and it's only getting better. Uh, we have rave reviews for, for this week's episode. We really loved it. Casey and I both loved it. We got a lot of good things to say, uh, but it needs viewers. It needs viewers, and I understand that it's on a subscription platform. It's on Max or HBO or whatever we're calling it these days, but I, I know that there uh, there's worries that it might not be back for a third or fourth season or however long they plan on using uh, what time frame they need to use to tell the entire story. And for us as sports fans, for us as basketball fans, it, we don't get shows like this very often. We don't get things like this right in our wheelhouse that we can enjoy, that we can relate to based on, especially based on real events and real stories. And that's what this is what this show is, is about. So uh, I've been following Jeff Perlman for a while on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow, follow at Jeff Perlman. Uh, who, he's the guy who authored the book Showtime, uh, which, the, which the, the, the show is based upon. So I just, I just highly encourage folks to watch the show, to support the show, to check it out, because like I said, we don't get a lot of shows that fit our sports nerd wheelhouse the way that this one does. So uh, folks, get out, watch it. There's, there's, Three episodes left this season, so check it out. Catch up on things if you would like, uh, and you should because it's it's really, really good. So that's my plug. I'm done. Now it's me and Casey. Enjoy this week's episode. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and Advocate podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. But we are back discussing Winning Time, episode number 13, season season 2, episode 4. Did I, I did the math wrong there. It should be season, this should be episode 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My fault, yes. Case. This is why I, this is why I teach history and not math. See, uh, episode four of season two here. Uh, the new world is the title of this episode, and I am really excited to talk about it. But before we do that, Mr. Casey Hall, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Good. Um, we are a little later this week uh, because Casey had an awesome opportunity. And was out doing some just some cool stuff. Case, give us give us a thirty second Yelp review of, of what you had going on here the last few days. Um, I was out with a buddy of mine. He has a connection, and we went out and golfed out at Dismal at Jack Nicholas's uh, golf course that he built out in Mullen, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So we went out there and golfed. Oh, well, we had ninety holes planned. I think we got eighty four in just because of the darkness but it's it's pretty cool out there for uh middle of nowhere nebraska to have two outstanding golf courses mm-hmm. out there yeah and and it's kind of they they have like a, a hotel out there specifically for the the golf course and everything is, is, is they just have cab they just have cabins built okay you, can, you get a cabin and two bedrooms they do have some smaller houses out there that you can rent out as well but there's no hotels i mean you're you drive into mullen you probably got another 30 minutes a little south southwest just to get to the golf course on a one lane highway <laughs> and uh do they do they feed you at all can you get food or you, you got to bring yep. your own stuff yeah, they or? have a, they got a clubhouse they i mean they wine and dine you as much as you want to or how much ever you want to spend uh-huh. uh they do a they do a great job of um, catering to you. They've got uh, they've got a little setup like a small little theater there that you can watch stuff on. Last year, when uh, I know some guys that went out there, they watched the first Husker game out there mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. So they do they do a great job. I mean, it there was probably they said when we were leaving yesterday there was about a group of fifty coming in today. So wow, they're uh, they. Uh, they run them in out there pretty well, and some people said this is the busiest they've been in a while. So I think 
with COVID and everything, now they're starting to pick business back up. More people are traveling out and about. I know it was two years ago or whatever, but mm-hmm. three years ago. But um, I think they're um, doing fairly well. Yeah. And how long is the honeydew list uh, now that you're back home for, from getting the, the, the free weekend here? Um, the day off today helped me knock some of that off. So that's <laughs> and uh, Ashley, is uh, you are working your way back into Ashley's good graces. I'm trying at least. <laughs> well, awesome. I, I, I'm glad you had a great trip. Uh, that's, that's, that's great to hear. So uh, let's dive in here on episode four. Uh, this Again, this is why I teach history and not math. So uh, episode four, episode 14 altogether. Uh, the New World, Mr. Hall, I, this might have been my favorite episode of the entire series so far. I think there was one episode, uh, season one, I want to say episode four, episode five, they really dived in. It was, I think it was the training camp episode and McKinney was going and doing this. Uh, but if this, if this is not, if, if this is not my favorite, it's probably my second favorite one compared to that one. I absolutely adored this episode. I thought it was awesome. What did you think? Um, it was it's probably my favorite episode by far this season. Uh-huh. I'd have to go back and remember what all happened in season one and go through my notes. But for sure, this one was my favorite so far this year. Yeah, yeah. It was It was just great start to finish. Uh, there was only about five minutes of the episode that I would take out of it. Other than that, it was, and <laughs> if you listen to these, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I I thought it was I thought it was awesome I thought it was uh, I thought it was just a terrific episode really really good stuff uh, my, our our uh, my favorite song was the uh, Get a Job by the Silhouettes uh, little fifties doo wop for us there my uh, my parents when we were uh, well you grew up kind of in in central Iowa ish case you know and. Yeah. Uh, uh, WHO out of Des Moines played the Golden Oldies, and we would take those trips from Northwest Iowa to South Central Iowa, and we, my parents, would listen to a lot of KIO, KIOA and and uh, WHO, and and listen to those oldies. And so, whenever I hear a nice little doo wop song from the late fifties, I'm always a big fan of it. So I like that when Riley was was coming into the office, and that was the background there. So um, any any big overview stuff that you saw or, or anything not in our regular categories that, uh, that you were, that you really liked? Uh, we had some celebrity sightings. Yep. And Diane, Con- or is they say Con or Can? Diane Cannon was her name. Cannon, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And Jack was there. Mm-hmm. So you got some, you got some celebrity stuff there. That was kind of nice to see them pull them in to it a little bit. Um, I just thought, I mean, I thought overall it was very good. I mean, like you said, there wasn't much. Like when we get to our categories for worst scene, I, I don't know if there really is much to say. No. There, because I thought it was very well played out. Um, showed a lot of the hustle and bustle that they were going through, I guess, in the Lakers locker room and the management and stuff. So that was pretty good. And then even throwing the Celtics stuff in there, I thought was pretty good. So I thought, I thought overall by far, it was very good. Um, it kept my attention the whole time and I didn't have to worry about, Oh, do I have to fast forward through this part or can I walk away and come back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the best, scenes of the episode let's dive into the to the categories right now the best scenes of the episode were just like i'd be like oh that's a great scene write that down oh that's a great scene write it down i think this is the longest list of best scenes that i've had in any episode uh like you said i love the celebrities uh and uh i loved uh the king scene uh with uh bus westhead Charmin, and jerry west and they're at they're at Bus's house. And uh, next next time we hang out, Casey, I'm just going to walk around in my underwear and a and a, <laughs> and and a, a robe. robe and just <laughs> go from there. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know that was that was a that was a great scene there. Um, Westhead and Riley arguing on the bus. They weren't as loud as they were on the plane, but uh, just the the discussions and and these are uh, at times. 
you know, these are real legitimate discussions when you talk about the structure of your team and what your players are doing and things like that. Uh, West, <laughs> Jerry West and, and Bill Sharman in, uh, in Buss's office talking about Westhead and what he was, or more importantly, what he was not doing was another great scene. Um, <clears throat> when Riley came in with, uh, the, with the neck brace on and he was talking about his suggestions and, uh, Westhead talks about Cortez burning the boats, which is, you know, a very famous reference that a lot of coaches yeah. have used before. Uh, and then Riley and Magic in the locker room, where Riley really challenges Magic. And I think he's being a great assistant coach there. When are you going to buy in? When are you going to buy in? You got to buy into this or it doesn't matter. It's not going to work. And, uh, you know, so I, I thought it was just great scene after great scene after great scene after great scene uh, throughout the episode. Uh, what 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 did what did you think? Like I I mean like you said like I I I started writing them down and I got to the point where I I was just like it, it, this whole episode is very good it's sticking to the storyline it's kind of telling the sequence to where we're gonna get to with the I'm off I want to trade at the end of it um, where Magic says that it kind of leads up into everything that we expect to happen here over the next multiple years the Lakers yep. have their run. Um, I liked, I, 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 you didn't bring it up, but I do kind of like the, I liked the scenes with magic talking to cookie. And I know I've harshed on, harped on it a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, on other, other scenes, but I kind of liked some of the things she was saying, like, are you trying to work your way into the graces of the coaches? Are you trying to work your way into the graces of this team? Um, I just like her re-emphasizing to him that's not always all about him yes he is getting all this money but you've got to you've got to cater to your team and your coach a little bit too mm -hmm. uh, i thought that was like just those conversations and her kind of just talking life in general now i don't know if he all if he like on the scenes if he took it all in but um i thought that was those were some good scenes um i did i liked the beginning um, the first little start of the episode with Red and Bus having their conversation mm -hmm. um, or walking down the hallway um, at halftime. I thought that was good. Um, just the, the ribbing action they throw back at each other, I think, is always funny, especially the one-liners they throw. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I, I think you brought up a great point there. Uh, I'm going to say the most efficient use of Cookie throughout the... Uh, throughout the episode, or, or throughout the series, I mean, uh, Cookie Kelly, I believe, is her last name, and and I, I really thought, like you said, it made the most sense. They they were they were sharp. They were efficient conversations. It drove the storyline forward on on a large scale because the large scale is about the team, the franchise. This mm -hmm. is what it is. And and everything that they talked about in those phone conversations tied into the biggest picture of of the of the series, which is the story of this, you know, basketball franchise in the nineteen eighties, the heyday of this franchise. So yeah. I think that's a great point, Casey. I, I, I did I failed to mention that. I'm glad you picked up on that because after I heard you say that, I'm like, yeah, that's a great point. That's that's good stuff there. So um Anything else on the best scenes of the episode? No, I think I think when we get into it, they'll they'll kind of come up when we talk about quotes because they were part of scenes too. So I think we I think we hit most of the scenes pretty well. And like I said, and like I think you said too, it, this was overall a very good episode from start to start to end. If you had to pick one one scene that you liked the most, which one would it be? I have mine. Which one would you pick? <laughs> I gosh. I liked I liked the King one. Yep, um, that one was good. I he, I liked the um, the one where uh, West and Charmin came in and they said they needed the roster. And Jerry goes, as long as you're not keeping that hippie, or hopefully you're cutting that hippie, Rambus. <laughs> and then and then it gives it then. Westhead takes it back and gives it gives, takes the roster back because he that's who he was going to cut yeah. and then changed his mind. I thought that was that, I thought that was really good, just the way to start out the episode. Anyway, yeah, the 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 
the the tension and, and I've I've got a question about Westhead later on here and uh, we'll, we'll address that but I, I think that plays that part of it plays into the question I'm going to ask you later Casey all right does that make sense yep uh, yeah I, I I had I I would pick either the King scene or West and Charmin in Bus's office and it's it's hard for me not to just cackle every time Jerry West comes on every time he comes on the screen so. Um, Worst scene of the episode. Again, I think we're both in agreement. There, there wasn't a lot of bad stuff. The only nitpick I would have with this episode is in the middle of a preseason game, the press coming out on the floor and interviewing Magic about his contract, like they're in the post game locker room, like they were in the last scene of the episode. You know, again, I'm the basketball nerd. I want it as realistic as possible. You and I both know that will that would never happen in the middle of a of a game at halftime of a game, whether it's a preseason game or not, doesn't matter. And so I didn't like that. But other than that, and you know what, you know, I'm going to talk about later. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that that was my literally the only thing the entire episode that was like ah, I I didn't like that. Everything else awesome yeah i agree that was probably the most non-realism mm-hmm. part um i would think anyway now who knows i mean it was the 80s <laughs> yeah. it was the uh, 80s and there were there were a lot of uh chemicals involved in the 80s we'll just leave it at that yeah, yeah. and I, I i'd probably say that's probably pretty close to it i think some of the genie bus stuff was kind of hit or miss mm-hmm. um and i think that's kind of where i have the DNP of the of the episode, kind of mm-hmm. um, of the Westhead DNP. I'm jumping scenarios here, but I kind of felt like she was kind of lost in the scene again, lost in the episode again. Uh-huh. Um, just didn't get a ton, and I kind of see what they're doing, but it's I'm kind of want her to get more involved just because we know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the years to come. Yeah, uh, yeah, we could jump ahead to the to the Westhead uh, DNP CD. Uh, Jeannie's a good choice. I'm I'm just gonna go with the old reliable. Uh, I'm gonna go with with Honey. Now, I, I will say that the the scene where they they kind of start winning and they go in the forum club and her and Bus are talking. They go out and they're dancing. You know, I mean that's 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 fine. I guess I just don't want to burn. A lot of film time on it when again and uh, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse i'll move on it from it very quickly there's so much meat on the bone with so many other things and jerry buss can be involved with so many other ways that i just feel like it's it's a waste of time that's just me so but you got you had genie for the paul westhead dnp cd yeah i did okay um, I there was much to it mm-hmm Coaches, put it on your calendar right now. Saturday, October 14th, Sunday, October 15th, 2023. The first annual A Pen and a Napkin Fall Coaches Retreat here in Omaha. We've got a little bit of everything for everybody. We are going to start our day 10 a.m. Saturday morning with a live practice session with Kirk Walker and the College of St. Mary's women's basketball program here in Omaha. Then we're going to move everything to the Holiday Inn Express here in Omaha, 87th and Dodge. We've got a lot of things planned. We've got speakers like myself talking about 25 universal truths in coaching along with practice planning and a practice uh, planning and efficient practice. We've got Jeff Steinis, the boys assistant coach at Ames, Iowa, talking about building a complete program. We've got Tyler Shaw, the girls head coach at Sydney, Nebraska, talking about coaching cheat codes. And we've got Tom Craven talking about transition basketball and transition offense and the Boys Town way of doing things out of Boys Town here in Omaha. The best thing about a pen and a napkin clinics, though, is the interactive part of it. We've got small group coaching roundtables where you're going to pick the brains of three or four other coaches at the same time. Then we're going to have big group discussions. You're going to come up and you're going to have to talk. When you come to a pen and a napkin clinic, you've got to bring your own ideas. We're going to have a situation score discussion on Saturday night. Sunday morning, we're going to have a basketball smorgasbord session where we're going to talk about issues that coaches need to think about off the floor and how things can derail you off the floor and how to prepare for those type of things. So it's going to be a great weekend at a very, very affordable rate. If you would like to stay overnight at the Holiday Inn Express, it's $175 for everything, your room, your food, your drinks, everything that we've got going on, you're going to be taken care of there. If you're a commuter, it's $100, $100. All of this, it's, it's 26 hours, coaches. It's 26 hours of awesome 
awesome information. And again, the best thing about it is you are going to be picking the brains and learning from other coaches. You're not just going to be sitting there getting lectured to the entire time. We're going to be moving around. So hotel rooms, we need to have at least 10 rooms filled. I'm sorry, five rooms filled with 10 uh, boarders. By September 15th, that's my cutoff date. So if you want this to happen, get signed up now so we fill up those five hotel rooms with at least 10 coaches. Commuters, you got till October 12th to get signed up and ready to go. Coaches, you're not going to regret this. There's a lot of really good places to go, but I really think we do it really well here at A Pen and a Napkin. So come check out our first annual A Pen and a Napkin Fall Coaches Retreat. Basketball realism this week, Mr. Hall. Um... I gave it a solid A. Uh, I gave it a solid A. There was a lot of basketball on film this week. A lot of different teams. Uh, the, the, the uniforms were solid. The, the players' names on the backs were solid. I thought the action was pretty good, uh, how they filmed it. Uh, so that was my starting point with that. I, I thought that... Watching the evolution of the breakdown of the relationship between Magic and Westhead was really well done. I, I, I think it was really well done. I think it's realistic. I don't think there's anything over the top. You got two guys that are saying, you know, I need to, you know, Magic, he keeps saying, well, I talked to Westhead. I, I talked to Westhead. But he was talking to everybody but Westhead in the episode. Uh, he was complaining to Cooper, he was complaining to Bus, he was complaining to Cookie, uh, he was talking to Riley a little bit, uh, but, he, but he wasn't talking to Westhead until they ended up in the storage closet after the, the Utah game is the only time, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, Casey, I think that's the only direct conversation that they had the entire time. Uh, I don't think they've, I mean, I don't think I've seen an episode since he's become head coach that they've had any conversation. Yeah. Yeah. One-on-one. One-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, that was portrayed on film, you know. So yeah. uh, so I really like the, the basketball realism. Uh, again, they, they had a good balance of action on the floor and recreating scenes and, and things that happened on the floor. Uh, and I just thought all the behind-the-scenes stuff, it was not – I mean, some of it was a little over the top. Uh, you know, Riley challenging Magic in the way that he did, and that was kind of dramatized. But it's not an unrealistic conversation to have with a player. And and so I just – I gave it an A because I thought all the way around, I thought it gave a pretty – a really, really accurate description of player – of player-to-player relationships, coach-to-coach relationships at times, player-to-coach relationships, and and all the way around. So uh, I gave it an A for this week. So I I had like an A minus B plus. I mean, right in that same area. I mean, um, like you said, it was very realistic. Um, they showed basketball, but then they also showed the behind the scenes with uh, Westhead, Riley issues, the Magic issues, the player issues, which which is always nice to see now. We don't know if it's 100% real how that went down, but I'm guessing it was probably pretty darn close to mm-hmm. everything that we saw there was the way it was in the locker room. Mm-hmm. A lot of budding heads about the money, especially when that came out. Yep. Um, I think that was very... I, I'm, I think that was very true just seeing what we saw. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of people that were upset with that, especially Kareem. Um, as you could tell, he kind of went from a. You could you thought him and Magic were going to start getting along to, no longer, really seeing eye to eye at all. Yeah, and and either you know even other details of the episode, and I'm looking in the book here real quick. Uh, uh, book reference. I don't know what am I up to eleven or twelve something like that this season. Uh, but. You know, the pursuit of Mitch Kupchak, which was very realistic. And Westhead was adamant that he wanted Mitch Kupchak. And Kareem felt not he wasn't thrilled about that uh, because he thought Kupchak was going to take some of his minutes and some of his, his stuff there. Uh, but, 
you know, they didn't want to spend the money that they that they that they spent on Cupcheck. You know, West and Charmin were like, yeah, that'd be great, but he's way too expensive. That's too big of a contract. And Westhead was was adamant that they go after Cupcheck. So even things like that, and and them, you know, Jerry Buss saying, I gave you Cupcheck. You you know, you wanted Cupcheck, I gave you Cupcheck. You wanted this, I gave you this, and. You know, just basically, Bus was like, I don't tell you how to coach the team, but I've given you everything you wanted. Now I'm going to shut up and you coach the team and you better win. And, you know, that's, that's, I, again, I, I just, I thought everything that they did this episode, almost everything that they did this episode, moved the big picture storyline forward. And that's why I embraced this episode so much. Yeah. I mean, it, it just kept, but that's, that's the big thing. That's kind of what we said last when we watched all the last episode, it was kind of like, all right, when are we going to get to the everything that's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a great job with that this week um, on throwing everything together to where we were like, all right, let's get to what's happening. Um, that we that really happens in the end. Yep. So yep. So here is my here's my question to you, Mister Hall. Are you ready? Yep. Who? was more responsible for this situation, Magic or Westhead? I would go Westhead. Um, I understand what he's trying to do, but he didn't do a great job of explaining it to everybody. Yeah. Um, with the flow of the game, with the system and all that stuff, like he's just like, it's the system, it's the system. Well... Yes, everyone runs to a spot. Basketball, mm-hmm. as we saw in the 80s, there became a lot more athleticism in basketball. Yep. Uh, you didn't have the slower, you had more athletes mm-hmm. in general. Especially Just after the merger. Yes, everybody was way more athletic. Mm-hmm. You got better players. So I think with him trying to do his system, I. I get what he's doing, and we saw what happened when he took it to Loyal Marymount. Yep. I mean, it, it's not that it's not bad, but trying to teach it to these NBA guys, I think it's a way different ball game than teaching it to college kids or high school kids, potentially. Yeah. He didn't, and he didn't do a great job of teaching it from what we saw, what we've seen anyway. But then also it was, I'm not going to talk to anybody either. It's my way or the highway. Yeah. Anything else? He's like, I won't play him. It's like that one quote he had with, uh, I mean, with the article paper. Anybody can play in my system. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what he said. We, anybody, we can plug anybody into the system and it'll work. Or, or what he said. You know. Um, I like agree. With... Say, magic, magic's not totally off the hook, but I think no. it's more of a Westhead issue. Just the way he handles himself with the management. With the players, with other coaches, I think he burned a lot of britches in a quick year or fourteen month span. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was the one uh, being like Cortez burning burning his boats, and yeah, um, yeah I would say uh, I'd give it sixty forty Westhead. Um, and, and you just you know here's when you were saying that Casey, here's what I thought of, you know. It's like having Eric Clapton in your in your rock and roll band and saying, "Hey, I, you know, just just play three chords and let's keep this on rhythm here." And like, no man, you got to let him riff. You got to let him rip, and you got to get out of his way. And you got to, you know, again, uh, Don Meyer always used to say, "Who's who's the, uh, at the time? Who's the all time leader in in assists in NBA history? Magic Johnson. Who's the all time leader in the NBA history in turnovers? Magic Johnson." Right. And and so you you've got to allow those players to find their to, to play to their strengths and to uh ride or die with it you know and 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 that's who you're going to play through and and that's who's going to take you to where you want to go so i agree with you casey magic is not off the hook could he have bought in better yes could he have handled some things better yes he did make some points if you know, we, you know, if, uh, you know, Dame Lillard is going to make $62 million a year in the next, you know, in a couple of years. Well, 
if your employer offered you $62 million a year, would you turn it down going, nah, nah, I don't want to rock the boat, you know? Of course you're going to take the money, you know? And Magic's right. If if they if he would have offered 25 years, $25 million to Kareem or Cooper or Norm, they all would have taken it as well. Uh, but he could have handled his relationship with Dr. Buss uh, a lot differently and not, you know, realized what he was doing uh, to the to the chemistry of the locker room and how just the perception and you know Casey you and I are we both were head coaches at private schools for a long time we both had extended runs and you know just as well as I do uh, perception is reality whether whether you want to believe it or not and and that was you know the perception of magic and Dr. Buss's relationship was not good uh from the outside looking in, it would be easy to jump to conclusions with that. But Westhead, I think, is more at fault. His ego kind of got in the way. Not kind of got in. I don't know. Again, and we I think we talked about it last week. Was it ego or was it paranoia? You know, the scene where they're having the rematch with the Pacers and McKinney's on the other sideline and all the guys are going up to McKinney and they're giving him hugs and talking to him. And, Westhead, and you can just see Westhead just, you know... It took every fiber of his being not to lose his cool on the sideline there or to melt down or whatever visceral reaction he would have had. And you know, he just didn't handle the situation the right way, not only with Magic, but like you said, with West, with Charmin. These guys are legends in the Lakers organization. Uh, he was throwing punches at a brick wall, and I don't think he really realized what he was, was doing. He did acknowledge, though, you know, if I'm going down, I'm going down the way that I want to go down. Like, I'm going to do it my way. And, well, as we well know, we're going to find out early in Episode 5, you're you're going yeah. down, and you went down your way. You know, so um, so I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'd probably agree with you 60-40 mm-hmm. uh, on West Head 60, Magic 40. I'd probably, I would probably agree with you on that. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. Um, the Spencer Haywood, who made the most out of the 80s and survived award for this week. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I had Pat Riley. Uh, I had Pat Riley, you know... Uh, he's so stressed out that he's getting kinks in his neck. He picked up smoking again. Uh, he's a, a driven guy. He understands, obviously, as we're going to find out here, he understands winning and, he, and, and what it takes. And when you are an assistant coach and you are frustrated with your head coach, it's a tough place to be because you don't want to be disloyal. You don't want to be the the person that rocks the boat too much all you could do is suggest and then move on from it and you back your head coach 100 percent if you're doing the job the right way but uh you know there was just there was just some things as i watched coach riley that you know i understood i understood and 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 saw it and and i you know, that, that was a situation that was really, really getting to him. And I think for somebody like Riley, it's more of, I I can't do anything to change this. I, he's with his wife, Chris, and he's like, he just won't listen. And he's throwing F-bombs out, so we, you know, we're not going to say that here. But right. he just won't listen. I can't do anything. He won't listen to anybody else and blah, blah, blah. And and uh, I, I it was, for me this week, it was Pat Riley. I, I had magic. Okay. Um. Just, I mean, I mean, you just you think about mental 
now with high school kids and college kids and even even professional athletes like just the mental mental games that they have and mental issues um that have gone on lately Mm -hmm. i mean you think about how much crap he was taking just for in this episode Mm -hmm. with teammates not liking him coaches the head coach not talking to him um Bus not really seeing what he's saying, but kind of seeing it. Uh, talking to Cookie, like you could see mentally, he was not all there because mm-hmm. he wanted to be everybody's friend. He's always been the nice guys we've seen, um, but just kind of him going through all that, and then as we know in the end, he's going to come out on top. But I think just him was just having all those personal issues. Um, to deal with and almost like they were demons just everyone was harping on him yeah like he was no one he no one was his friend everyone was even on him even michael cooper was on him about it in which they're best friends they best friends to the day Mm -hmm. so that's where i that's that's where i go i got i got magic just because it wasn't the greatest time or period for him he got what he wanted and ended up being one of the top 20 best players ever. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think you're right. You know, again, uh, reference number 14 to the book or whatever. Uh, you know, Coop was kind of the soothsayer. He was kind of the guy that that kept the locker room together in a lot of ways. And he was trying to bring magic back into the group. And, uh, you know, he was the go-between between him and Nixon and he was just, you know, Cooper was in a great spot because he was playing, but he wasn't starting. So he was he was an integral part, but he wasn't a starter. So he understand he under you know he kind of stood everything there. And I, I love what he you know. And we'll get into quotes. You want to jump into quotes, Casey? Yeah, we yeah. can do that. Uh, you know, speaking of Cooper, uh, what did he say here? Uh, he said, "We don't get it. Then I guess you're the only one that do." Uh, was when when they were having that conversation. I believe it was uh, outside. I, I think they picked up uh, in San Antonio when when Magic refused to get on the bus, and yeah. uh, I thought that was a great conversation that they spliced into it, and it was it was really really well done. By the way, bad bad coaching job by Westhead to send out one of your players uh-huh. to bring Magic back onto the bus. I mean, come on, man. You know, not good. So. Uh, I got I got a bunch of quotes here. What are some of the quotes that you had, Casey? Let's see. Oh, I'm the crackier of the cheese when they're in the locker room. When Mitch Kupchak said that to Nixon, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I don't like. I kind of like that one just when they were talking about everything. And he's the white ghost, and he just said that. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. Um. What else do I got here? I'm trying to read my writing. Oh, the the Kareem and Magic one where he was, this team could be as good as it wants if you humble yourself. Mm-hmm. Kareem talking about how Magic told him that, and now it's coming back to him. Yep. Um, Jack McKinney, when he said, I'm going to expose you, I'm going to expose you this time, and I'm going to expose you again. Yep. He, was, he had dinner with uh, Westhead. I thought that was good, and it kind of did. You can see mentally, it uh, it got in Paul's head quite a bit. Yeah, yeah that uh, that was an interesting scene as well. The the dinner scene that they had and McKinney, I mean McKinney, man, he he brought the heat, you know. Then uh, the Westhead one I thought was kind of funny is hitting the black the blackboards. Get it when he said that when he was talking or was it blackboards? Yeah, when he was, when they were reading the. Uh, Sports Illustrated article. Oh, yeah, he yes. was trying to make he was trying to make a joke, and no one really joked. I just thought it was funny that he said that, and mm-hmm. it just flew over everybody's head. Yeah, yeah, uh, a little tone. Uh, he didn't do a good job of reading the room. We'll, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. So, um, what other ones you got? Um, I think um, the whole conversation between Red and Bus. Mm-hmm. That at the halftime, I just liked all those one-liners. I was like trying to hit pause and go <laughs> and watch it, and I was like, that whole conversation, just throwing one-liners at each other about, oh, you're down by twenty-eight. 
don't matter. We're, we're still the champion, just kind of stuff like that. And I thought that was really good. Um, I didn't, I didn't write them all down because there was about four or five of them right there in a row. Yep. Yep. Um, and then I liked, then I said this one earlier was the Jerry West one when he said, don't tell me you're keeping that hippie. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about Rambus. So I, those were, those were some of them that I had written down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny story about Rambus. They talked about it. He thought he was going to get cut. So the whole training camp, he just kept stealing stuff from the locker room and he would walk out with gym bags full of soda and food and stuff like that. And he kept doing it. Uh, like his whole first year, because he thought any day he was going to get cut. So uh, that that was in the book as well. So um, the kings, uh, the king scene, as we refer to it, um, Westhead said, and I, I thought this was a good point. Uh, he told uh, they were talking about Magic's role, and and Westhead said, "You've just told everybody the opposite. You've told him the opposite. He is more important than everybody else." You're not just going to be able to talk to him. I thought that was good. Uh, Bus said, uh, you know, they started talking about being the king or something like that. And Bus said, I'm the king. We're not in this together. Um, and I thought that was, you know, Jerry Bus, who's kind of the fun-loving dude. But he was willing to, you know, if he needed, you know, he was going to defend the Lakers first and foremost. And that was his, that was his number one overall interest was the Lakers. So I, I like that. Uh, I, I said the one about the Cooper, uh, cookie cookie made the list for the first time. I think ever, um, you can't have the money, the power and the love Irvin. And I thought that, you know, you had brought up cookie scenes and, and that was a quote that I had that she said, and I thought, man, that's a great point that, that magic just kind of wanted, he wanted everything. And, you know, Again, going back to our head coaching tenures, especially, Casey, you're not going to make everybody happy. If you're the best player, if you're the face of the franchise, you're probably not going to make everybody happy. And and I think Magic had a hard time with that. Um, he wanted all the money. He wanted the power. Uh, he wanted all the adulation. Um, but that's impossible, and there's going to be resentment, and that's just, that's just human beings being human beings, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, let's see here. Um <laughs> Jerry West um, in the in the meeting with Bus and Charmin. Uh, Jerry uh, Bus goes, "It's only been six games," and West goes, "It's been six games. It's five more than I need." Um, you know, kind of say it his thing there. Um, and then Bus said, "Don't make a don't make good decisions, bad ones when you let your pride get in the way." And who, did, who I can't remember who he said that to. Uh, but Bus said that to somebody, and I thought that was good. And then after the the forum, um, the forum party scene, uh, where Charmin is sitting next to Bus, and Honey ends up coming over to to Doctor Bus, and Charmin goes over next to Jerry, and 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 Jerry West is like, "Don't tell me that was a win." And Charmin goes, "Well, of course, according to the scoreboard, it was." And and I, and, you know, that kind of w- would bring me into the the coaching points here. But I, I thought those were all really really good quotes from the episode as well yeah it was there's a lot of good quotes in this episode for sure Mm -hmm. a pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at apenandanapkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, apenandanapkin.com. Be sure to check out the Apenandanapkin video library. So, Mr. Hall, coaching coaching points or concepts that you could steal from this episode. I've got quite a few of them. We've had a couple of talk, uh, great discussions on this before. Um, I don't know where your list is at, obviously. As, as folks know, we never talk about this before we get on air with one another. Uh, so I'd be curious to kind of see. I've got one, two, three, four, about four or five big coaching concepts we can learn from this one um do you want to go first on this one or do you want me to yeah i can okay um i've got i got like three here (laughs) um 
I think making adjustments to personnel, mm-hmm. um, adjusting to the game with what you are playing with. Um, as we saw, Westhead tried to do that, but then, but really didn't because he tried to run his system, which he didn't have the players to run the system besides having Kareem. He has had some more guys that were more free flowing. I think always being able to adjust um, somewhat. Mm-hmm. to make it work for your team. Um, you can't always go in there just saying, no, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. It may not work. Um, you may have to go up to the blackboard and erase what you have written down and say, all right, we're starting all over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all done that as coaches at times, but um, that's something that I think everybody needs to think about. And I mean, for mo- for us high school coaches, um, we do get that summer to work with everybody over the summer to work with everybody. So we can kind of see where we're at and make mm-hmm. adjustments where we need to. But I think that's one big, big thing. Don't go in there, just blinders on saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm stick to because it doesn't always work that way. I've got one on my list that is pseudo related to that. And I love, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly there, Casey. I want to kind of, I want to have a tag team partner to that one. Uh, don't overcoach great talent. You know, if if you've got great talent, uh, let them play. Now, you, you know, obviously you have to have some structure, but the personnel of that team was what it was in the 1980 season with McKinney and Magic doing his stuff and Kareem being reinvigorated and getting out and running the floor and all of those things. And... Like you said, you you have to adjust your system to your personnel, and if you have that talent, and if this is what they're good at, even though you may disagree with it on a philosophical level, if they're comfortable with it and they're good at it, then let it roll, man. Let it roll. Um, my first year at Scut, uh, we had ran a a a certain we 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 ran the 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 Jim the or the John Beeline spread or the Dana Altman spread. Yeah. And and those kids and we had we had seven seniors that year, a lot of them back and had played a lot. And and it was it was it's a good offense. I like that offense, but I'm a little bit more of a free flowing motion guy. And what uh but those kids were were good with it. So we we stuck with it because that's what they were good with. That's what they were comfortable with. They understood how it functioned. And then when we got a little bit younger the next year, we, we began that process of turning it over. But I, I I still believe to this day, if I would have tried to do something else with that group, we would have won three or four less games just because we would have spent so much time trying to implement what I wanted to do when it didn't fit that particular group of kids. And, and so... You know, don't overcoach great talent. Adjust to your personnel. Uh, adjust to your personalities. I think is another thing we could add on to that one case. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the personality of that team, and sometimes you have to adjust to that. And sometimes the personality of your team drives you bonkers. You know, I know Coach Terman, his his first state championship team, um, bunch of goofballs who were just. Man, you took your eye off them for 0.5 seconds. They were going to do something goofy and stupid. But on Friday nights, man, they played their tails off. And they, they won a state championship. And even though that team probably didn't practice as seriously as Matt probably wanted them to, that's what worked for that team. And I, I think he changed his coaching style a little bit because of their personality. So I, I think we both have really good points that are kind of related to each other in that vein. Um, you got anything else on that one? Um, I, and I, that's all I got on that one. I mean, I think we both hit it on the head, um, for sure. I mean, I think it's just playing to don't overthink. Yep. Yep. Don't overthink. Uh, Uh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Westhead and ironically enough, Pat Riley is the one that coined this phrase, the disease of me. Uh, Paul Westhead started loving some Paul Westhead, at least according to, uh, the program, whether it was the power structure of the decision-making, uh, who he was going to hire as an assistant coach, uh, who he was going to play, who he was not going to play. And you can't make in- empty promises. You know, just uh, one of the big advice, and again, things that I've screwed up on in my coaching career, uh, when you talk, when you are emotional, you say stupid things. And are you really going to 
sit Magic Johnson on the bench. You're going to lose that battle every time. You know, stuff like that. Um, the, the way he dealt with West and Charmin, the, the uh, power struggle, you know, the whole Sports Illustrated article, and that's a very famous uh, photograph or a, a photo shoot from, from Sports Illustrated. It's an iconic lead to, uh, to a story. And, and, and I just think that, you know, as coaches, we have to recognize that when we're really, really good, it's because we have great players. It's because we can, we can take players and improve them. But when you have, when you have great teams, it's because coaches recognize the talent that they have. They put them in the best positions possible. And then in a lot of ways, you just get out of the way and you let your great players make great plays. And I think Westhead thought it became about the system and his X's and O's rather than having Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, two of the five or six greatest players ever to play the game. So that was another coaching point I brought up. Yeah, that's that. You're right. I mean, that's it's. Yeah, don't don't try to toot your own horn too much and let the other guys do the work a little bit. Um, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what's another coaching point you had? I mean, it's kind of the same that we've all been we've been talking about and everything. I just think communicating with your players, mm-hmm. like I, I, with Westhead, you saw that he did not try to communicate with magic at all um when he did the one time it we knew what was going to happen after that yeah but uh i think if it's head coach or assistant like the way riley communicated with magic is way different than what westhead did Mm -hmm. uh you probably don't see that or can do that all the time as a high school coach, just say, stay here, stay in the locker room, we'll talk before a game. That's probably not mentally going to be the greatest idea yeah, for you or the player. But having those one-on-one conversations um, as an assistant or a head coach, if you can do that, that's always the best way to do it. Don't just say it's my way or the highway like he's been doing. Um, don't, don't run away from you don't want controversy, but you don't want to run away from it because it can pretty much tear the locker room apart, especially if it's the, yeah. one of your better players. You can't let it fester, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think that's one thing is just always handling situations the right way mm-hmm. with conversation and not running away from it. I think you've got to be able to come up to somebody and talk to them mm-hmm. one-on-one about situations. Yeah, the, the one singular one-on-one conversation that he had was with Kareem and that kind of went over like a fart in church <laughs> you know yeah. uh, and and even Kareem who's obviously very stoic and doesn't say a whole lot uh it, it didn't you know he had kind of lost it, it seemed like he had lost faith in Westhead and his communication and everything that he was trying to do so um that wasn't good so uh the the last I've got two more, uh, and, and this isn't this isn't Westhead's fault. Uh, it's more Doctor Buss's fault. And, and and say what you want to, Doctor Buss kind of created some of this situation with the contract. Uh, it turns out to be a great contract for Doctor Buss because Magic was worth a lot more than a million dollars a year as he progressed throughout his career. Uh, but you can't play favorites. Uh, you can't play favorites, and and again, it wasn't Westhead or Riley playing favorites, Dr. Buss is also, to a degree, accountable for this situation. Now, did he pay Michael Cooper a lot more than what his uh, value was at the time? Absolutely he did. And and he took care of Coop, uh, and he was a very handsomely paid role player, especially for this time period. You know, Kareem was well compensated. So it wasn't like he wasn't paying for these guys. He spent $800,000 on, on cup check. So, uh, but again, that, that threshold is, we remember what it was like as kids, Casey, you know, the first million dollar baseball player, the first, you know, I remember, um, you, I'm a little bit older than you, uh, but do you remember when Kirby Puckett became the first $3 million a year baseball player around, I don't know, 1990 or so, something, something around there. And people yeah. just lost their ever-loving mind. Oh my God! How can you play a baseball player three million dollars to play baseball? And 
And, uh, you know, so I'm sure that caused resentment in the Minnesota Twins locker room as well, you know. So um, that was that was another one. Um, and then I had one more thing. Did you have anything else? No, I, I think we had everything. Okay. Or on my side anyway. I, I think maybe the the most important coaching concept, and I don't, I'm pretty sure we haven't talked about it on this uh, on this uh, podcast, this particular podcast, uh, this forum. But Jerry West was kind of a Nostradamus here. Jerry West saw the handwriting on the wall the entire episode, uh, and he he brings it out here. And I used you know him as a quote. You know, don't tell me that was a win. You can be winning, and you can see that your team is not going in the right direction. Uh, winning masks a lot of issues, but those scores, they were beating bad teams by only one or two points. They're beating the Pacers, who were terrible during this time, by one or two points. They they played one good team during that stretch, and that was the Spurs, and they got drilled by 26. And Wes saw right through it. It's, it's not about winning. It's about improvement. And, you know, you and Kruger's team, you know, you guys have a chance. All kidding aside, and I know we, we in our in the committee group there, um, there's a lot of stuff thrown back and forth. Uh, you guys want to improve every game uh, while you're winning. And, and if you're beating average teams by not very much, that's that's not a good sign. And, you know, there's also times when you're losing, but you can see that progress. That's what you need to continue to emphasize. And I thought Jerry West, again, he saw the he's, he saw the big picture that things were not working or moving in the right direction. Just because you're winning doesn't mean that your team is going the direction you want it to. Um, there, it's it's much more complicated and complex than that to really have a, a truly a great team. And that was that was the last big coaching concept that I took from this one. I think that's a really good point. I mean, Jerry West, you're right. He, I mean, as crazy as he is, as we see on this episode, on this episodes anyway, he he's he's seen everything come about, um, and he's just like, no, this we got to do something now. Mm-hmm. Can't just there and wait. And he's like, we can't wait. If we wait, we're going to be on the eight ball. So he's kind of like he saw what was going to transpire and read it ahead of time and I think you're right with any type of high school coach you want to get better every day you just can't wait and see what's going to happen if you need to make an adjustment you got to make an adjustment Mm -hmm. so yeah I I thought that was that was part of it as well so um, overall grade Mr. Hall overall grade for this episode what did you have I got a A minus okay I thought it was very very good good flow good storytelling um, saw a lot of a uh, lot from a lot of the main characters, mm-hmm. um, and now we'll build off of. I want traded and go from there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had an A. Like I said, it's this is either my favorite or second favorite episode of the series so far. Uh, start to finish is definitely the best one of the, this season of season two. Uh, it, it, I thought they did a quick. And and great way of connecting all the dots that leads to the trade request, which we know uh, early in episode five is going to lead to the firing of Westhead. And I have a feeling that uh, we may see the mother of all Jerry West meltdowns in episode five. Uh, I don't know how much you know about this transition, Casey, uh, but it, it it has a chance to be very very entertaining next week. I'm just I'm just going to throw that out there. So. Um, but I, minimal fluff, you know, there, there's only two scenes that I would take out of it. And that would, uh, Jerry, uh, Dr. Bus telling Jeannie that he's getting married. And then the, the ring shopping scene is like, eh, you know, let's go move. Let's go fast forward, whatever. Uh, let's yeah. move on from it. Uh, other than that, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really well done. And, um, I think, and I really hope that the show is, is really picking up some steam here. So. Um, anything else on it, buddy? No, I'm, I'm excited to see where we go from here. I mm-hmm. mean, I kind of know a little bit about what happened, but I kind of want to see even more that goes on. Okay. Well, I won't tell you. I won't All tell right. you. Yeah. So, 
Uh, Casey, great as always. Glad you had a great trip, man. It sounds like it was a heck of a fun time, and yeah. and uh, man, that's that's awful cool. That's that's a kind of a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity to do that, buddy. So uh, I'm really happy that you got a chance to do that. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yep, awesome. So, uh, episode four of season two, the new world, winning time here. I hope you folks have enjoyed it. Um, you know, keep get out if, if if you listen to the pods, but you haven't had a chance to watch the show as much. I really encourage you. This show, uh, Casey, I think it's safe to say this show is starting to turn into what we hoped it would turn into. Um, really detailing the account of the Lakers and this iconic franchise in an iconic time period in American history. So I'm bringing sports history and American history all into one place, and I, I really think that. If given the opportunity, I think they're, they're, the, the producers and, and everybody involved with the show are really starting to hit their stride. So I, I really encourage folks to, to watch this because, you know, Casey, for sports geeks like us, especially basketball geeks like us, these shows like this don't come along very often for us. And we got we to gotta take advantage of it and get the most out of it that we can. Yep, totally agree. Yep, so... Uh, so that's it for this week. Hope you folks have enjoyed it. If you got any questions, let us know. Uh, you know how to get a hold of both Casey and I. Uh, we love doing this for you. We love watching this show. We love talking about it every week. So hope you've enjoyed our breakdown. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to own our craft one day at a time.